continue with uh, the book of Deuteronomy. So now we are in chapter four. So before the holidays, we stopped at uh, chapter three. So it's been a few weeks. So as we said, Deuteronomy means the second law. So here Moses is giving a series of messages uh, to the second generation of uh, Israelites uh, who are about to uh, enter the promised land. And as we saw the first generation, they almost uh, made it to the border of promised land and God told them to proceed. Uh, but they were uh, hesitant, uh, they were afraid, so they sent uh, 12 spies, and 10 of them came back and said that there are giants, and there are fortified cities, so we really cannot conquer them, and uh, the Israelites made the mistake of listening to the 10 people rather than listening to Joshua and Caleb, and as we saw, uh, God was not happy with the decision they made and their lack of faith, and as a result, uh, the punishment was uh, they were told to go back. And we saw that they were wandering in the wilderness for about 38 years. And during those 38 years, uh, all the adults or anyone over 20 years uh, died in the wilderness. So we saw how they went through the land of the Edomites, the Moabites, and the Ammonites. And then we saw that right before they were to cross the river Jordan. Uh, God gave them uh, two victories uh, in two battles that they fought with King of Heshbon and King of Bashan. And of course, uh, once they crossed the Jordan River, they will be fighting many battles. So God was giving them a taste uh, of the victories that they will enjoy uh, once they cross uh, the River Jordan. And we also saw at the end that Joshua emerges as the new leader who will take them uh, to the promised land. And we also saw that Moses, uh, despite uh, asking the Lord uh, whether he can also enter the promised land, but God was uh, firm on his decision. Uh, so Moses was uh, unfortunately denied entry, even though he was able to see the promised land. And even though uh, he was with the people of Israelites, uh, for 40 years, but unfortunately he could not enter. So we uh, learned that obedience uh, is very important to God. Our obedience must I be put my clothes. immediate and it should be a complete obedience. Uh, that is what the Lord expects from each one of us. And that is when we can uh, enjoy the fullness uh, of his blessing. So as we come to chapter four, uh, Moses is continuing uh, his conversation uh, with the generation that is about to enter the promised land. And he talks about a few things uh, in chapter four, and we'll try to cover uh, the first half today uh, as the Lord leads, and then take up the rest uh, next week. So uh, we see uh, some tips on how to succeed uh, in the promised land and what makes uh, Israel a great nation that we read in verse seven and eight. And there is a long discussion on uh, idolatry and what is the outcome or what is the consequence of indulging in idolatry. And we also see two attributes of God, uh, God as a consuming fire, since uh, he's a jealous God. And we also see God as a merciful God because he is also a God of love. Then uh, towards the end, we see why there is no other God like our God. Then there is a brief few verses on cities of refuge in 41 to 43. And 44 to 49 is more like a conclusion and review of what has already happened. 
So we'll start with verses uh, one through six, uh, where Moses uh, gives us some pointers on how to succeed uh, in the promised land and how to prosper. Yeah. yeah, so maybe someone can read verse one through six. Obedience commanded. Now Israel, hear the decrees and laws I am about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live and may go in and take possession of the land the Lord, the God of your ancestors is giving you. Do not add to what I command you and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you. You saw with your own eyes what the Lord did at the ball, pure, the Lord your God destroyed from among you, everyone who followed the ball of PR, but all of you who held fast to the Lord your God are still alive today. See, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear about all these decrees and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Yeah. Okay, so Moses is teaching uh, the people of Israel a lot of good things uh, before they enter the promised land. And the same thing is also true for us. Uh, once we are born again, uh, we also need to be taught uh, from the word of God so that we can continue to enjoy. Uh, the salvation experience. So, uh, so these are good things to learn. So in uh, summary, we can say one to six, uh, Moses is telling them that they need to hear God and God is uh, speaking to them. He spoke to them uh, when he gave them the 10 commandments and the laws. So they need to hear what God is saying. And they not only need to hear, but they also need to do what the Lord is saying. And they're also commanded not to edit uh, God's uh, instructions, uh, not to make any changes, not to delete or not to add, and also to learn uh, from past uh, mistakes or past failures, and eventually uh, be a witness uh, to other nations uh, in the way they uh, conduct their life. And all of these are good uh, instructions, uh, even for us today. Uh, if we follow these uh, instructions, uh, we also would be able to enjoy uh, our salvation experience and be able to enjoy the fullness of God's blessing. So it's easy to hear what God is saying, but oftentimes we struggle with doing what we are hearing. And oftentimes we edit or we tend to compromise uh, what God is telling us. And when we look back uh, on our life, uh, we continue to make the same uh, mistakes uh, rather than learning uh, from our past mistakes. So in verse one, uh, he, Moses tells them that hear and do, uh, that you may live or you may be able to enjoy uh, the promised land. So the land is uh, given to them uh, as per the promise uh, that was made. But in order to enjoy the land, uh, they, need to uh, they need to be obedient uh, to the laws uh, that are given. So the same thing is true with our salvation experience. Uh, the salvation is given to us uh, as something uh, that is for uh, eternity. Uh, we cannot lose our salvation, but we can lose the joy of salvation uh, if there is no uh, obedience uh, in our life. So at a minimum, uh, we need to practice uh, what we follow, the Acts uh, 242. Uh, we should be uh, spending time in God's word, spending time in prayer, uh, spending time uh, in fellowship with other God's children and also take part in communion uh, worthily 
uh, on a weekly basis at least, uh, so that we are continuously examining our lives. Uh, we are continuously setting things right so that we can continue to walk with the Lord. And the same exhortation is given <clears throat> uh, later in Deuteronomy also, where a choice is given between life and death and good and evil. So when we look at the scriptures, uh, oftentimes uh, the decision is very black and white. Uh, you can either take the narrow way or you can take the broad way. You can either fall, follow life or you can follow death. And in verse two, uh, we are told not to edit uh, God's commandments, which means uh, there should be no additions. Uh, there should be no uh, deletions. And once the commandment is given, uh, we should not question. Uh, we should not debate. Uh, we should not doubt what God is telling us. And that is the mistake uh, people of Israel did. Uh, the first uh, generation, uh, they questioned uh, God's uh, commandment to proceed uh, to the promised land. Uh, they were doubtful about conquering the promised land, uh, even though God told them uh, they would conquer it. And that is how they missed uh, the blessing. And the same thing could be true in our life. When God has given us a promise, uh, when God has told us what to do, uh, we don't need to question, debate, or doubt. Uh, we simply need to submit and obey God's will. And the same warning about not making any changes uh, to the scriptures, uh, we also see that in the book of uh, Revelations. And we also see that oftentimes uh, the traditions uh, can also dilute uh, the word of God. So when we look at the, uh, uh, the churches uh, as a whole, uh, we see that in many churches, there are different uh, traditions uh, that they may be following, uh, which are not consistent uh, with the word of God. And oftentimes uh, there is more focus uh, on the traditions uh, rather than the sound doctrines uh, that we read in the word of God. So we should be careful that uh, whatever we are practicing uh, is consistent uh, with the word of God. And we are not uh, introducing uh, cultural things or cultural uh, traditions uh, just because we think uh, it would be good because all of those uh, would be uh, distractions that will take us away from the word of God. So we need to stick uh, to the basics. Uh, we need to stick to the sound doctrines. And that is where we would find the blessing. And of course, obedience uh, is important. So in New Testament, uh, we are told about sins of omission and sins of commission. And when we are guilty of that, uh, that will also dilute our salvation experience and our walk with the Lord. So uh, in verses three and four, uh, he gives an example of life and death uh, based on the choices uh, that they made. So that goes back to Numbers uh, chapter 25, verses one through four, uh, where he talks about an incident uh, which uh, which, which this generation would have seen. And the reason for death was the uh, immorality that uh, crept in uh, and they engaged in with Moabite women and also the sacrifices uh, that they made to idols. And obviously God was not uh, happy with it and the result was death. So, uh, so Moses is reminding them again that when we make uh, poor choices, uh, God is not happy with it. And at the extreme, uh, the punishment will be death. And in Numbers uh, 25 and verse 4, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, uh, Take all the heads of the people and hang them up before the Lord, 
uh, against the sun. At the same time, uh, those who obeyed the Lord or those who cleaved uh, to the Lord, uh, they are obviously still alive because they're listening uh, to Moses at this point. But Moses is reminding them that uh, had they also disobeyed, uh, they won't have seen this day because they also would be dead uh, along with the smaller group, uh, which were guilty of uh, idolatry and immoral behavior. So whatever we are seeing with our eyes, uh, whatever we are experiencing, uh, we need to apply to our lives. In the same way, what we read uh, in the scriptures, uh, it might be part of history, but it is given to us so that we can also apply it to our lives to know what is the consequence of obedience and disobedience. And again, in the New Testament, we see the distinction between life and death uh, is also based on believing. So in John 3.15 and many other places, uh, it reminds us that when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we will be blessed with eternal life. And if we choose not to believe or if we choose to reject uh, Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we also would die or we would be uh, separated from the Lord forever. So life and death is something for us to think about. And in verse 5 and 6, uh, Moses uh, reminds them that uh, if they obey the laws, it itself would be a testimony to other nations. And he tells them in verse 6, uh, keep therefore, which is keep the laws and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding. And when we choose uh, not to obey the Lord's, God's voice or God's word, uh, we can see that as a foolishness uh, in our life. Because whatever God says will always be the right thing. Uh, it will always be something that is wise. So it is in our best uh, interest uh, to obey God's word, God's laws. And, and here Moses tells them that if they do that, then the nations that are around them, uh, they also would uh, glorify God. They also would recognize uh, that the laws that the people of Israel are following they are much uh, superior to the laws that they might have uh, in their own uh, communities or in their own nations. So the way we live our life is obviously a testimony to those around us. So when we say uh, we are Christians, uh, the way we live our life uh, should be a witness to others. And they should be able to see that uh, we are different and we are also superior in many ways uh, because of the peace and the joy that we are able to enjoy in all situations. And in verse seven and eight, uh, Moses uh, describes uh, what makes a nation great. And he raises uh, two questions, and that is how it defines uh, the greatness of a nation. Yeah maybe. yeah, maybe someone can read seven and eight. What other nation is so great as to have the gods near them the way the Lord our God is nearest whenever we pray to him? And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous, righteous degrees and laws as this body of laws I am setting before you today? Yeah, so here we see that Moses uh, defines the greatness of a nation uh, based on the God uh, that they serve. And in this case, uh, he's reminding them that the God that they serve, uh, he is someone who is present, uh, who is near, and he is uh, accessible. <clears throat> So that's why we say that Christianity is a relationship. Uh, it is not a religion. And so that is what makes our God great, that no matter where we are, 
uh, when we pray to God, we know that God is uh, present and he is hearing our prayers. So he is uh, immediately accessible, right? So we don't have to go to a temple or to any other place. Uh, God is uh, present with us all the time. So he is uh, Emmanuel. And the second thing that makes the nation of Israel great uh, compared to the nations that were there before or communities that were there before uh, is the righteous laws uh, that were given to them by God himself. And since God gave those laws, uh, they are meant to be just. Uh, they are meant to be righteous, uh, which will lead to uh, social justice. And it will also lead to moral justice. And in the same way, God has given us uh, the Holy Spirit to live within us so that we can obey the scriptures and we can also live a life uh, that would lead to uh, a righteous life. And there is a long discussion uh, in chapter four uh, on idolatry, which is in verses nine through uh, 31. And of course, idolatry is also the second uh, commandment. And in chapter five, Moses is going to introduce uh, all the 10 commandments. But in this chapter, he uh, gives an extended uh, exhortation on idolatry, uh, which shows the importance of this law uh, for the nation of Israel. So, so we know that uh, Israelites, uh, they were in Egypt for 400 plus years, and Egypt was a land of idols. And now the Lord is uh, taking them to Canaan, and even in Canaan, uh, they would be exposed to a lot of idols. So Moses uh, is exhorting them and teaching them that idolatry uh, is not something that, that God likes. And if there is idolatry in our life, it will obviously uh, take us away from God. It will dilute our relationship and it will shift our loyalties. And the blessings of the promised land will be lost through idolatry. So in this section, Moses uh, is giving a strong warning uh, against uh, idolatry uh, as they are getting ready to enter the promised land, knowing that uh, that would be a great threat uh, because there'll be lots of idols that they will be exposed to uh, in that nation. So in verse nine, he says, uh, only take heed uh, to thyself and keep thy soul uh, diligently, uh, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life, but teach them to thy sons and to thy sons' sons. So Moses is reminding them that they have seen great things, and he's repeating uh, some of the things that their parents had seen. And he's asking them that uh, these experiences, uh, which were great encounters with God, uh, they should not be forgotten, but they should be passed on uh, to the next uh, generations. <laughs> So he's giving an example of what happened at Mount uh, Sinai. And, but beyond that, they saw many miracles that God did. And all of that should be passed on uh, to the next uh, generation. So that is the responsibility that we have as parents and as a church, that we continue to pass on the word, uh, continue to pass on the scriptures uh, to those that we see, and especially uh, to, to our children and the grandchildren as the Lord gives. Yeah. yeah, Maybe someone can read 10 through 14. Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, when he said to me, assemble the people before me to hear my words so that they may learn to revere me. Revere me as long as they live in the land and may teach 
teach them to their children. You came near and stood at the foot of the mountain while it blazed with fire to the very heavens with black clouds and deep darkness. In the Lord spoke to you out of the fire, you heard the sound of words but saw no form. There was only a voice. He declared to you his covenant, the Ten Commandments, which he commanded you to follow, then wrote them on two stone tablets. And the Lord directed me at that time to reach you the degrees and laws you are to follow in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. Yes. Okay. So here Moses is reminding them about the experience that they had. And it was a great sight that they saw where the mountain was burning with fire, with darkness, uh, clouds and thick darkness. So that might have been something uh, very scary when you imagine a mountain that is burning with fire and there's darkness all around. But more than that, uh, they saw, they heard the God uh, speaking uh, through the midst of the fire. So they heard the voice, but they did not see uh, any form, uh, which is important for the second commandment. So they only heard the voice of God. They did not see how he looked. And from there, there he gave them the Ten Commandments, uh, which were written on the two tables of stone. And they were asked to teach and to follow that. So this one will come back in subsequent verses. They heard a voice, but there was no form. And God declared the Ten uh, Commandments. And this was a great experience. Uh, this was a great encounter with God, uh, which should not be forgotten. And that is why it is recorded in the scriptures for us. And they were told to pass it on to their children and to the grandchildren. So Moses uh, emphasizes that they did not see uh, any form. They only heard a voice. Uh, so God was not seen uh, in the physical form. And if God is not seen, then there is no basis for making idols. Uh, which is the main focus of his discussion uh, in this section. So he is emphasizing that uh, even though you saw amazing things, uh, even though their parents uh, heard the voice of God, uh, they did not see any image. So if you're going to make an idol, uh, it's going to be an idol that is based on your imagination because God himself was not seen. 16 through 19. Yes. So that you do not become corrupt and make for yourself an idol, an image of any shape, whether formed like a man or a woman or like any animal on earth or any bird that flies in the air or like any creature that moves along the ground or any fish in the waters below. And when you look up to the sky and see the sun, the moon and the stars, all the heavenly array, do not be enticed into bowing down to them and worshipping them. The Lord your God has apportioned to all the nations under heaven. Okay, so this was a practice that existed during those days. But even today, we see that people make idols of all kinds of things. And if you look at the list, uh, it almost uh, reads like Genesis chapter one, where God created different things, uh, including man and woman. And many of the idols that we see are the idols of things that God created, but they are not God. They are simply uh, created things. So they are uh, told uh, any kind of idol uh, is uh, prohibited. Uh, anything that looks like a male or a female or beast or birds or anything that creepeth or a fish or sun, moon, and stars. So <clears throat> even though they were exposed to many idols uh, during their time in Egypt, uh, God is taking them to the promised land and he wants them to have a different uh, experience. 
and they can have a different experience uh, only if there is a change uh, in their mindset and if there is a change in the laws that they would be following. And in Psalm 115, uh, 4 to 8, uh, it speaks about the foolishness of idol worship. Uh, it speaks about idols. Uh, their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. And even today we see that uh, we, we put a lot of emphasis on silver and gold, but that is simply a work of man's hands. And idols have mouth, but they do not speak. They have eyes, but they do not see. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Uh, feet have they, but they walk not. Uh, neither speak they through their throat. So they that make them are like unto them. So is everyone that trusteth uh, in them. So this is a very powerful passage that tells us that uh, to worship idols uh, is is very foolish because idols uh, cannot do anything, but we worship a living God that we cannot see. But even though we cannot see God, we know that he's very close to us and He is able to hear us. Uh, he is able to see us and he is able to speak to us and He is able to walk with us uh, in this uh, journey of life. And in verse 20, they are called the people of uh, inheritance. And one of the uh, image that is given to us uh, when they are brought out of Egypt. Uh, in some other place, it's called Egypt is known as the land of bondage. And here it says, the Lord has taken you and brought you forth out of the iron furnace, uh, even out of Egypt, to be unto him a people of inheritance uh, as ye are uh, this day. So God has uh, taken them out of bondage and he has brought them He's bringing them uh, to a place of freedom, and he's calling them a people of inheritance uh, who will be given the great uh, inheritance, uh, in this case, the land. But when we come to the New Testament, God has blessed us with all the spiritual blessings uh, in heavenly places uh, in Christ. And he wants us to enjoy that uh, inheritance. Yeah, someone can read 21 through 24, where it speaks about the warning. Uh, from the failure of Moses. The Lord was angry with me because of you, and he solemnly swore <clears throat> swore that I would not cross the Jordan and enter the good land the Lord your God is giving you as your inheritance. I will die in this land. I will not cross the Jordan, but you are about to cross over and take possession of that good land. Be careful not to forget the covenant of the law, your God, that he made with you. Do not make for yourselves an idol in the form of anything the Lord, your God, has forbidden. For the Lord, your God, is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Yeah. Okay, so we saw this in verse uh, chapter 3, uh, where Moses was denied uh, entry to the promised land. And he passed on the leadership to uh, Joshua to take the nation of Israel to the promised land. And here he's repeating the same thing. And he's reinforcing that they should not uh, have any uh, graven image because uh, that is forbidden by God. And if they make uh, graven images or if they offer sacrifices to idols, uh, they would lose their blessing. And the reason uh, he is giving is that our God uh, is a jealous God and uh, he wants 100% uh, loyalty from us. And he's also a consuming fire. So when the Lord is angry and when we disobey, 
uh, it could lead to uh, extreme uh, consequences. As we were reminded, uh, Moses was forbidden to enter, and any kind of disobedience or disbelief uh, is a sin, uh, which will have uh, consequences. But later on, we see that uh, even though our God is a consuming fire, uh, even though he's a God of justice, uh, we see later on in verse 31 that he's also a God of mercy. So those are two uh, important attributes of God that we see in the scriptures, that he is a God of love that leads to uh, great mercy. But at the same time, uh, he's also a God of justice and truth, uh, which is the second attribute. And as we read uh, in many, uh, many examples, uh, when there is true uh, repentance, uh, mercy is always uh, possible. Okay, so we'll stop with this section. So yeah, 25 through 28. Yeah. After you have had children and grandchildren and have lived <clears throat> and have lived in the land a long time, if you then become corrupt and make any kind of idol doing evil in the eyes of the Lord your God and arousing his anger, I call the heavens and the earth as witness witnesses against you this day that you will quickly perish from the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. You will not live there long, but will certainly be destroyed. The Lord will scatter you among the peoples and only a few of you will survive among the nations to which the Lord will drive you. They you will worship man-made gods of wood and stone, which cannot see or hear or eat or smell. Okay, so here Moses is uh, warning them about the consequence of disobedience or idol worship. Uh, he's saying that your days uh, will be cut short and you will be uh, destroyed. And we know that later on, the people of Israel, they went, uh, went on to idolatry. And here it tells them that if they do that, uh, they would be scattered. And when they are scattered, obviously they are weakened. And that is what we see in history that uh, after 500 years, uh, they were taken uh, into slavery to Babylon and they, were, uh, be they became weak and they were also scattered. And in the scattered land, they will serve uh, idol gods. So in this case, uh, when we continue to rebel against God, uh, God also gives up on us and we end up uh, indulging in our sinful desires because our hearts are hardened. And so the people of Israel, they are warned many times, but despite many warnings, uh, they continued to fall in sin. And at some point uh, they were scattered and they were also weakened. And in many cases, they were also destroyed. And as a nation, they became weak and small, uh, as we know from history. Mm -hmm.